RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Hello. Hi. Um, my name is Tara Devlin. How's everybody doing? Sorry, I'm moving this microphone so it doesn't topple on me. Uh, yeah. Hey, guys. My name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday on Progressive Voices at 6 p.m. or anytime on the Progressive Voices app and at GDPR Revolution 99 and SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all those places. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's given a review on iTunes. I see them. I, I appreciate them. And, you know, keep up the good work, people. <laughs> all I can say is we stick together, we win. And I say that a lot. Because I believe it, and I know it. We And you know it, too. That's the thing. We have to stick together. What is the meaning of having a country other than being in this together? We don't, we don't leave anybody behind. That's what it means to be a normal person, a progressive, a Democrat, right? Other than, that's why we're going to win, frankly. I mean, I don't want to go off on a tangent here as I just start the show, but everything, this is, I really should call the show Tangents, frankly, because it is a bunch of tangents, but yeah, um, we, uh, we're, we will win because we're on the right side of humanity, and that's why the Republican Party has to work so hard to divide us. They have to, they, they have to appeal to the worst aspects of the human condition. They have to lie. They have to cheat, right, to, to keep us apart because they know that ultimately human beings are interconnected, interdependent, that we need each other. And in order to have a country, that's the whole thing. That, that, that's why they every day is opposite day in the Republican dystopia because they in order to have they you know they they wave the flag they uh they they love this country or so they say everything they do oh the for the people for uh my solemn duty to for the people but everything that they that they talk about patriotism and uh you know the, all this wet flag, flag waving what they're doing ultimately is is the antithesis of patriotism because they're not only tearing a country apart, but they're certainly leaving people behind, aren't they? As far as leaving people behind in sickness, in uh, poverty, in ignorance. And that's how you know that they, they suck. I mean, how do you, how do you know? Just know them by their fruits as their, as the Bible that they pretend to worship or read at least uh instructs them anyway um, uh let me just say in the beginning of the show as i always say uh thanks to all those who are who are who have become a patron of tara buster it helps and we we're heading in the right direction which is uh upward of zero so we have uh soon we can do like a soccer team or something like that but we uh Every day, you know, we just do a little each day. So thank you for one step at a time. That We will get there. Ultimately, I want to do a daily show 
not going to be able to do that until we have enough patrons. Oh, that's just the way it is. But um, I'll do my part, and I know you guys will do your part. So thank you. Uh, so go to go to the RDT Daily Facebook page or RDT Daily the website. And I encourage you to go on there and read because people are writing articles for RDC Daily. And join us on the Facebook page because we have a lot of very active and vibrant participants. We have That's a really cool community to be a part of. So um, when you... if You could also just donate to the show. It's not just... You're not just donating to me. It's not just like I go to the movies with this money. We pay writers. We... We... The... Uh, make progressive content that's what we're doing so uh that's i'm not uh, going to starbucks with the money we're we're building something so thank you and uh what else so if you donate over 20 dollars, you get one of these lovely window clings as a thank you gift but there are other gifts on the website uh, and on the patron patreon page all right, I hate doing that, but it is what it is. And what else? Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I guess it'll pop into my head. God damn it. Anyway, this, like, you know, you just got to do, like, this house cleaning stuff. It's not even house cleaning. It's, it is what it is. I don't have, uh, we don't have, we don't have the Mercer family. And I know I bitch about this all the time, but that's the truth. It's, that's one thing that the right they have on us is that they their billionaires fund their media because they understand that they need their because they, they have nothing else they really have to win the branding wars because what what can they boast about in reality they have to alter the reality of the dupes now okay let me just get into this because of course, we are now in the longest shutdown of government in American history. Now, Republicans hate government, right? Suppose, oh, they like small government. But when they when they attack government, they're attacking the government I mean, that's, that so many people fought, died, and bled, or wait, how do you say that? Fought, bled, and died to entrust to us, right? So I never understood Republicans going off on how much they hate government or government is the problem. Um, because if you're saying the government, what is the, what is the government? The government of, by, and for the people. This grand experiment in liberal democracy, that's the government that they're railing against. And of course, everything has problems. We, there are flaws in systems because human beings created them and human beings run them. So, why? Of course there's going to be issues and problems. That's why you, you have to stay active and involved. Because something isn't working or whatever. It doesn't mean you completely destroy the entire system. No, you work within it and you fix the problems. So, uh, to say that government is the problem or um, that's always the solution. Always the, 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 the That's why they're, they're nothing but a cult, too. That's another thing. Because they only have the same remedies, and it's not even a remedy, because let's just get real, people. Um, Republicans do not want democracy. They And if these last few years haven't shown us this right in front of our eyes, I, I would say this for years, and people still say to me, 
oh, come on. I, I think actually Poppy was one of, uh, you know, our uh, regular contributor on Tarot Buster, Poppy Champlin, an amazing comedian, and, and hopefully she's listening too, but, uh, and maybe she'll call in. I asked her, but she, she didn't get back to me. Anyway, she might call in later, but she would say, oh, come on, you know, do you, I think that she, she is nicer, uh, or maybe less cynical in a way where she doesn't believe that Republicans loathe democracy. Um, cause I said something like they, they just, that is the ultimate goal the, is the dismantling of democracy. And I don't think that, uh, some people can really, um, they, they don't believe it. How can that be? That seems so nefarious. But, um, yeah, it, that conservatism has always been the battle between um, people, self-government, governance, and uh, rule by the rich. And Republicans have, that's what they think. So, like, some people, in fact... Um, Rush Limbaugh actually said this out loud. Every now and then, they'll they'll speak the truth by accident of how they really feel. And as we know, Rush Limbaugh really said on his show, and there's recording of it, uh, some people are just born to be slaves. That is what they think. Some people are born to be slaves. Some people are born to rule. And how do you know? That they're the ones born to it. They look at their bank account. They're rich. That's all that matters to Republicans. That if it doesn't matter how you came a, about your ill-gotten gain, um, is it legitimate or is it? Uh, it doesn't matter by hook or by crook. If you got money in your pocket, then you're worthy for a seat at the table. Other than that, forget about it. See, FDR. We uh, there was. The, this wasn't always the case. FDR had his brain trust. They weren't made up of rich people. It was the intellectuals in the country, scientists, people who had uh, their, they weren't, they weren't exactly uh, the billionaires because FDR understood that just because you had a lot of money in your pocket, because coming from money, he knew these people. They're not all the, uh, yeah, they're not the betters. They're not better than anybody else. They're, they just happen to, some of them have been born into the lucky sperm club, basically. Other than that, it's not that just because you have money, you, you, should, you deserve to be ruling and running the country and telling people what to do. But and 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 I mean that with Republicans, they, they don't like democracy. They, they really want to rule. They want this pesky democracy done away with once and for all. And from the time of the revolution, when the, the, uh, when the loyalists in this country, they, they pined to be trickled upon by the king. They didn't want to rebel against their natural sovereign lord. So then uh, slowly over time, we see what's happening. They have, they're really on the cusp of bringing us back to the very system that the founders fought a revolution to escape. And look at it. Well, every, all of the, the initiatives, the, the policies that they've enacted when they, when in power, for instance, the estate tax, we've talked about this before. We, the American people used to understand 
that the estate tax was a tax against aristocracy from the from an aristocracy developing and what did the republicans do in their in their tax giveaway to the 1% this bullshit tax bill that they that they rammed through that all of them all of the republicans including the the sainted john mccain that they rammed down our throats, as Republicans like to always put it, you know, calling Dr. Freud. They, uh, they, one of the things in that bill was the elimination of the estate tax, what they like to call the death tax, meaning, um, because that's there, there you go with the branding again, because they got nothing else. They don't have, it's in reality, I mean, think about how evil they are. To get a to get a stadium, well, I mean, maybe half a stadium, full of dupes to chant about or, or cheer about uh, the elimination of the death tax, a tax that they will never pay, a tax that that is is a patriotic tax to prevent aristocracy from developing. And you got these idiots in these Trump banzee Nuremberg rallies chanting about how uh, how how grateful they are that their betters have eliminated this this estate tax which is was is there to protect democracy to protect the country that they pretend to love that they can only pretend to love because you have to have a level of maturity to to function to really function and something was so now we're in the longest shutdown in american history of course right because everything that trump does is the greatest the biggest the baddest the baddest the wettest right no one's ever seen water so wet and air so air and so much air in your lungs no one's ever seen it no one's ever seen uh, it's uh fires so 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 flamey <laughs> That's, uh, it's beyond de- description. And I don't, I, I, it doesn't, um, surprise me that I walk around with a knot in my stomach constantly. I don't know if I'm alone in that, but I, it's, uh, it's not just my childhood doing it to me. It's, I walk, it's this current state of affairs. Cause I really cannot believe that. Well, I mean, I guess I can believe it because I've been talking about it. For years, just privately too, with friends and whatnot, we've been talking about this: how Republicans hate democracy. They're dismantling democracy. They are installing fascist, uh, some kind of corporatocracy. I mean, maybe then we'll go right back to uh, intergenerational aristocracy and monarchy. I mean, we—that's what they're. What do you think the SA tax is? So now that. Um, Ivanka and uh, Megan McCain and all these uh, these rich brats that that have a platform for no good reason except they're that they're they they have money that um, they they get to inherit their their fortunes tax free and when you're talking about that uh, evading taxes what you're talking about not paying people. Not paying the food inspectors, not paying um, whatever. I mean, I can go on, right? So, speaking of not paying people, so people are working with and not being paid because of Trump and the and Ann Coulter because Trump is a weak ass little whiny bitch 
no offense to whiny bitch. I mean, I've known a lot of bitches. I like bitches. Believe me. I like uh, some of my best friends are bitches, but they're just not whiny. That's the thing. It's the whiny little bitch. And his, the whining about how every, how everything is unfair. It's so unfair. Every, uh, uh, yeah, it's unfair, but not in the way he's saying it is. It's uh, it's unfair that, like, um, you know, idiots like Ivanka and Jared Kushner and all these, uh, these undeserving rich bastards who, uh, trust funded their way into power are lording over a country that so many people died to to create and uh it, they didn't die to create a country ruled by a moron like that and i do mean ruled because that's what they're doing they republicans don't like democracy trump doesn't understand democracy and republicans don't give a shit they don't care they have this literal Con man, not he's not only is he a con man, they he is a traitor. That's the other thing. So when they when you're watching the Republicans sing their teary-eyed renditions of America the Beautiful, remember that they literally have a traitor to this country as a standard bearer. An effing traitor. Of course he's a traitor. And it's coming out. Now why would the Trump campaign be sharing their research with Russian um, oligarchs or whatever the hell. Of course, because the Russians are helping him and they have always been helping him. Everything's, it's been staring us right in the face. We know it, but just like my friends who, who can't believe that Republicans hate democracy, that ultimately their goal is to eliminate democracy the, itself, that uh, a lot of people just can't believe that we, we've fallen so far that we literally have a traitorous con man who is a compromised agent of a foreign dictator as a so-called president. I mean, who could write this shit? This is like the worst movie I've ever seen. It is, it is a shitty movie. I mean, because in the movie, don't you think, They'd have somebody who's at least worthy, right? Who isn't an idiot, who, who maybe knows how to spell or knows when to use Y-O-U-R instead of Y-O-U-R apostrophe, right? I mean, uh, but that's how, how far we've fallen. So when you think about George W. Bush, right? Remember him? Remember how, like, he couldn't spell and that he was a moron and he would go and and embarrass us all over the world. But now we have this. Just when you think that the Republicans can't inflict a less qualified idiot on us, they go and do this. They go and get this con man and make him the so-called president. And, and, and believe us, believe me, we, um, they knew this all, all along, right? Because Republicans get the, you're talking about the, uh, the Senate Republicans and the and the, the the ones in the legislature, they get the unredacted, classified, uh, unclassified briefings. They know they knew from the get that Trump was a traitor, and that and there you go. They don't care. They, I mean, maybe being a traitor is a feature rather than a bug. 
They don't give a shit. They have always hated democracy. Look, look at how they divided this country and, and, how they, and who they speak to. One of the most fascinating things that I saw this week was the, the statement. Now, um, as the Trump shutdown go, rolls on into another week, the um, a very uh, you know just like like what's his face like um, Rush Limbaugh slips up well maybe it's not a slip up to them when, and says things like some people are just born to be slaves and or like Mitt Romney says things like oh you should get as much education as you can afford I mean these are all the in the in the republican heart that's what that's aristocracy there that's the, that is the exact world that the founders uh, escaped from right so where all oh, education is the providence of the rich and only rich people can have a seat at the table anyway but one of these trump um, idiots who voted for, and anybody who voted for this idiot is an idiot. So he, uh, they, during the shutdown, a lot of people, they're not getting, because this country, you know, this great exceptional country, we don't have any, uh, our safety net sucks as much as Republicans would like to eliminate it completely. Um, but they, uh, so people are living check to check and they, and you don't, they don't have, health insurance we don't have universal health care like every other goddamn country and i'm hearing uh a lot of the the those who aren't working because of the trump shutdown saying things like i i'm working i shouldn't have to worry about losing my health care because i'm working well no we sh nobody working or not should shouldn't should have to worry about not having health care so it shouldn't be tied to whether you're working or not anyway but that's another that's a conversation for another day. So on top of having to stress out about everything else, here in the United States of serfs and lords, we have to stress out about not having health care, too. It, it's because that's a part of the Trump shutdown will be when the, um, employers who are making health insurance payments uh, stop making these payments, and then all these people, they think, throw up their health care. That's what's going to happen. And... Um, and uh, never mind the contractors as well, right? Because the, there's that's a whole other aspect of this serfs and lords economy. Anyway, but one of the these Trumpanzees said uh, he's not hurting the people he needs to be. I, I I found that so not just fascinating. It's, of course, it's revealing. It's also really sad at, that this person thinks that some people need to be hurt like who like the babies getting tear gassed in their diapers running towards the uh this this freedom that we supposedly have so much here um who's supposed to be hurt i guess those who are a little uh have darker pigment somehow i'm sure but he's not hurting the people he needs to be who who does he need to be hurting? And when now we're supposed to feel bad for this asshole? He's not hurt. See, well, there you go. Because here's the thing, Trump voters, if you've stumbled in here by accident, 
you're all being hurt, whether you know it or not. Whether you uh, are aware of it, you're all in the line of fire. Um, we all suffer from having a moron, not just a moron, but a traitor, and and a uh, a fascist who would roll over you as much as uh, as quick as look at you. You he will strip you of your health care. He will strip you of your dignity. He will strip you of your security of your uh of your dignity of your life of your democracy so um he's not hurting the people he needs to be does that sound like the the statement of a patriot to you people i don't think so uh, um and and the fact that i i guess it was it is good that a lot of people reported the that he, this throwaway line that this person probably didn't even realize that he was uh, was saying that would get a lot of attention, but it, it's uh, it's really telling. But that's who they're. That's this is the Trump banzee, right? This is the Trump base. He's not hurting the people he needs to be. They want to hurt the fellow Americans. They want to hurt not they they want to hurt their fellow humans. Um, but he, this person would be happily uh giddily reveling in the pain of others. But now it's his turn. This, uh, oh, but, you know, I guess uh, this is what you, you get what you pay for. You bought the ticket, honey. We None of us, uh, no normal person in this country voted for that con man. So, and in fact, he received fewer votes. And on top of it, he's a traitor. So, but he's not hurting the people he needs to be hurting? Um, I, I, how sad is that? Now, how far have we fallen when you have uh, so-called Americans saying things like that, where they think that other Americans need to be hurt? Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's pretty unbelievable. I voted for him, and he's the one who's doing this. The guy's name is Minton. Oh wait, wait, hold on. Oh, is it a guy? Or maybe it's a woman. Most Mar let me let me read this. Ma most Mariana residents support Trump's border wall. His key demand is in in the shutdown fight, and don't blame him for the fight. But Crystal, oh, it's a woman, which is even more tragic to me. I don't know. I I, I always uh, think that women should be a little bit more evolved somehow, but I, I guess that's my failing there. But Crystal Minton, a secretary at the prison who's also a single mother caring for disabled parents, had a somewhat different reaction. One reveals one that reveals an essential truth about the core Trump political appeal. Um, I voted for him, and he's the one who's doing this. Minton uh, told Mazai, whatever, I guess the person who, is, who wrote the article, I thought he was going to do good things. He's not hurting the people he needs to be hurting. So how is doing good things hurting people? I don't know. That he needs. So that's good. He needs to be hurting the people he needs to be hurting. And that's a good thing. But anyway. So yeah. And we're all. Um, he's not hurting the people he needs to be hurting. Think about that line for a second. Roll it over in your head. In essence. Minton is declaring that. One aim of the Trump administration is to hurt people, the right people. Making America great again, in her mind, involves inflicting pain. Yes, it does. Uh, 
This is not an accident. Trump's political victory and continuing appeal depends upon a brand of politics that marginalizes and targets groups disliked by his supporters. Yeah, right? <laughs> Meaning, I mean, a lot of, that's the whole conservative mindset. It's, they've done studies on this hierarchy. Uh, that's, they are, they are wedded to hierarchy. They, they feel that hierarchy will make, make sense of the crazy, scary, complex world of others who don't know their place. So you, a, a strict hierarchy where everybody knows their place, it makes them feel safe, especially when you have a strong authoritarian daddy at the top telling you things like, I, I don't worry about it. I got this. I will, I, only I can fix this. And, uh, so they, they're really unsuited to function in a democracy because they, they didn't realize, I mean, this is what, uh, what baffles me because, um, Trump, the minute Trump said, uh, it, when he, when he said during his, whatever, his, his campaign, uh, only I can fix it, there would be, um, that uh, that statement um, in a potential Democratic candidate that would have been a that would have been a disqualifier. And we know that he would never get uh, anywhere in a Republic in a Democratic primary. There's no doubt because we would have seen right through it. Um, there would be he wouldn't have um, that wouldn't be a selling point to say only I can fix it. And he's a liar too. Plus, whatever. We know that. Because um, he's a con man. So, let's see. Um, Trump's political victory and continuing appeal dependent upon... Oh, yeah, I said that already. Um, Trump's supporters don't so much love the Republican Party as they hate Democrats, a phenomenon political scientists call negative partisanship. They like Trump not because he sells them on the GOP, but because they believe he'll stick it to the Democrats harder than anyone else. The Democrats who are probably like this woman, she's holding on by a thread thanks to the threads thrown to her by Democrats. That's what always gets me. See, another thing about the Republican Party, the average Joe Republican, is that they are absolutely ingrateful. They're, they're ignorant. They're, they're just stupid. So they're, they're whining about their pre-existing condition protection on one in one breath while lambasting President Obama in another breath. They, they don't have the manners or the maturity to say thanks. Just say thanks. Thank you for throwing me a lifeline. And so, um, for instance, another a friend of mine who I, I know, um, she's, which is really baffling to me, she's gay, but she's also a Republican. And, uh, I mean, I've known her for years or worked with her and she got laid off from this job. Everybody got laid off from this place. And she was on Cobra for, for a long time. And the, even though, I mean, Cobra sucks too. It all sucks. The for-profit health insurance racket sucks. But at least it's there, right? So she could take her Cobra health insurance and also unemployment insurance. Thanks to all of the progressive policies that I, I, I would rather listen to a rake scratching across a chalkboard than listen to her rail against for another second. You know what I mean? It's just, to me, I don't understand how anybody, anybody 
is a Republican, much less somebody who is it constantly in their crosshairs being, um, I mean, how much do you have to hate yourself to be a gay Republican? That you you really think you should be a second class citizen? And not only that, the, the, the cynical Republicans, they are, because one of her arguments, my friend's arguments was that she, uh, well, because this, during uh, George Bush, we would argue about this. And um, George Bush, you know, junior or whatever. And, oh, uh, Dick Cheney's daughter is gay, so he's not going to do anything against gays. That doesn't mean anything. I, I, they, they would throw their own children under the bus, I, as you see with Dick Cheney's sister. I mean, uh, when the, the other, what's her face? The, what's her face? That other Cheney, that monster, that bitch who, uh, she threw her gay sister under the bus. They're all, they don't, they, there's no loyalty amongst them and it doesn't matter to them they'll they but the the cynical thing about you know with dick cheney like they don't give a shit about who's gay and who's not ultimately they don't care but they know that it 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 appeals to a certain segment of idiot that they need to attract to vote against their own against their own better interest to vote for their own demise so they'll say, okay, whatever. We'll use gay people as red meat to throw to these idiots while we instruct them to slit their own throats at our command. And they'll eagerly do it. And that's how, that's how, how evil the Republican Party are because they don't even give a shit. They, I mean, it would be more, less offensive almost if they actually believed. You know, because you know that Dick Cheney doesn't care who's gay and who's not. He doesn't care. And if it worked in his favor that it would be advantageous to be pro-gay, that's what they would be. You know, so uh, they they're taking a certain segment of humanity and saying these people are we're going to throw them on the fire to obtain our ultimate aim of being um, what Uh, oligarchs of destroying democracy, of destroying this country, the of uh, uh, as we salute the flag and go to uh, photo ops with troops and salute the gardens of stone in Arlington National Cemetery like they give a shit, when these people would never serve when it was their turn, they never stepped up to do to fight wars that they all cheered for. Like like bone spurs, cadet bone spurs. I mean, and uh, none of his family. That's the other thing with this Twitter moron. How any member of the military is not just a Republican, but a but a Trump supporter, and, and how any of them. Um, I mean, just there's you just gotta know that there's so many stupid people in this country. There really are. There's and the because Trump. Um, you know that all his life he thought people who served in the military are suckers. That's for some other sucker. That's for the poor. That's not for him. He's too busy prowling the discos of New York while the soul, you know, trying to screw the girlfriends of the soldiers who are serving in Vietnam. Anyway. Oh, hello. Hi, everyone. So I'm just checking to see how everything's going for a second. Because I didn't do that. I hope everybody's here. Is everything working? Let me see. 
Check, check, check. Okay, good. We're good. We're good on Facebook. We're good on uh, YouTube. Okay, anyway, so there you go. So what a week. So that's uh, so Trump um, with this shutdown, of course. Now, here's the other thing. He doesn't give a shit about the law either. That's the other thing. He, um, he's a traitor. This really is working to his advantage and to the Republic, Republicans' advantage because they, they, they're distracting from Trump's treason. And also, the other thing is that Trump doesn't give a shit about a wall. And he, he wants to seem like he's fighting for a wall. That's it. He, he could care less what's built. He likes to have this chaos, this mess that he's created uh, of his, uh, uh, and the Republican party are eagerly going along with him. Now, Mitch McConnell can shut this down. And if the Republicans had any spine or, or cared at all about the country that they supposedly represent, that they pretend to love, they could pass bills to open the government and override that Twitler moron's veto. But they don't want to offend their that con man. That's think about that. That traitorous that traitorous con man who grifted his way into the so-called presidency that he has defiled and defiling this country, um, they don't want to offend him because of they don't want to upset the base who thinks that Trump needs to hurt people. That's, I mean, where the hell are we? Where, what is happening here? Will we ever get back a dig dignity? This whole country is the laughing stock of the world. Now, Trump is always saying like, oh, no one's laughing at us anymore. Bullshit. Not only are they laughing, they are, they're laughing all over the world. And in Russia, apparently, they are celebrating on top of it because Trump is, he is the, a compromised asset of how, uh, of an anti-democratic adversary that we've had for, for generations, who's openly hostile to the United States, who said that, um, that, you know, uh, he's not a friend of democracy. He's not, he's beyond, he's, he's like Republicans of the future because Republicans of the future will be openly hostile to democracy. See, up until now, they're, they, they've had to give lip, lip service to the democracy. They have to pretend like they like it. And, but it's seeping out over time where they'll, they, they will start. I mean, we know already because they're, they're uh, all their gerrymandering tactics and whatnot. And we'll get back to them talking about how uh, only rich people should really vote. And I, I think that somebody actually said that recently, now that I'm saying that. One of these Republicans said something about how, let me say, property owners, something about only property owners should vote. <laughs> See, everything old is new again. You know what I mean? And, I mean, do not, don't think that, uh, you know, oh, this is crazy, that would never happen. Republicans literally are... Uh, calling for the end of child labor laws and things like that. Like things that you think, of course, of course, that would never, ever 
be rolled back, who would ever do that? Who would even think to say, oh, we need, ch children need to go to work. Well, well, Republicans, yes, they, they want people, they want children to work because, and, uh, they, they will frame it in, uh, in different ways. I'll call it. And in fact, they, that's what they have done. They said, um, things like, uh, children will earn a, um, like a learning wage or something like that, where they'll, they'll be sort of like, you know, it'll teach them how to be good workers. And, and it's really for the best, you know, because kids today, they have too much fun. They have too much time in their hands. So that's, this is the angle but they they've already proposed the you know these uh the legislation like this let me see child labor laws and and don't think that it couldn't pass because the um when this was happening let me I'm just looking this up my republican I think it was Newt Gingrich, actually. One of the Republicans are now pushing for the end of child labor. I, I mean, um, where a friend of another friend of mine was saying, I was discussing this with look at these effing um, Republicans and their child labor, and they were like, "Oh, uh, well, kids need to learn how to work and and uh, it's learn responsibility, and that's what they, but that's what they will." Um, you know, branded as, because that's what they're, they're good at, branding. So, and uh, meanwhile, corp the corporate fascists who, who pay the Republicans to do their bidding, uh, that are infested, in, that are infiltrated and interwoven in our government, are laughing all the way to the bank. Because how do you, how do you compete with a child? How does an adult compete with a child for, for wages? When that a child is learn is earning a a uh, child wage, a an apprentice wage, or whatever, whatever they'll call it, and this is actually not this is in uh, in May in twenty eighteen, not too long ago, of course. Uh, it says, let's see, let's see, uh, this is. Charles Pierce wrote, um, another fabulous new notion has emerged from the, from, uh, conservative politics in the Trump era. But this was, this was before the Trump era. And according to Bloomberg law, the department of labor will propose relaxing current rules known as hazardous, hazardous occupations orders that prohibit 16 and 17 year old apprentices and student learners from receiving extended supervised training in certain dangerous jobs. Uh, that includes work, roofing work, operating a chainsaw, blah, 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 blah. The Department of Labor proposes to safely launch more family-sustaining careers by removing current regulatory restrictions on the amount of time that apprentices and student learners may perform HO-governed work. It's the it's so nefarious um, what they've done what and what they're doing. So what do you think is next? So they'll they go after child labor. You think the weekend is safe? Do you think uh, sick days, workers comp, health and safety laws, all of this? These are the quaint notions, quaint um, 
things that, that we will maybe one day look back on and be like, oh, remember when uh, that you had a 40-hour work week? That when, when you worked past 40 hours, you were entitled to overtime pay? And that they don't think that these things can't get rolled back. They are in the process of actively doing it. And oh, the thing that um, I didn't even, you know, I didn't, I just brought that up because it just came as we were talking. So, or me, me were, as me were talking. And, uh, but that's who Republicans are. That's what they do. They, when I say, don't think it can't happen here. I mean, we've been saying this for years. We've been warning about it in uh, the incremental encroachment of fascism. And here it is. And it's even worse, honestly, because there it's, I mean, when I think about Trump and the Republican Party and, and just them celebrating their tax bill that that funnels more money into the hands of people that will never, ever spend that money in a million lifetimes. And now you juxtapose that with what's happening and you hear the stories of the 800,000 workers out of work and then the contractors on top of it, the 500,000 contractors who will never get mon their money back. These are people that already work. They're not getting paid. So it's not even that. And what do you do then? What do you do? And they, you know, the Republican Party, what, uh, they don't have it. They have no answers. Their only answer is funnel more money to the top. So you have the, so you juxtapose the, the Republican tax bill where they funnel more money to the top. Then you have these stories of people that are like, I don't, um, you know, know what I'm going to do. Well, how am I going to pay my rent? I'm going to lose my, uh, my, my mortgage. I'm going to lose my, I have car payments. I have student loans. I have, I mean, it, it is a domino effect where everything starts toppling down and it all, and it affects everyone. So, um, on top of it, so they're not paying, uh, workers to inspect the food and the, the national parks are being overrun with litter. And now there, there's vandalism in the national parks. This is the sign. This is a great country. What a shit show. This is an exceptional country. What kind of an exceptional country is that? This is a, a country on its last legs. That's a uh, the death knell of democracy. This is what we're witnessing. Either we revive democracy fully after the uh, in, after this cancer, this Republican cancer, has has sickened and weakened our body politics to the point that we are almost destroyed. And I'm not, it's not just hype, being hyperbolic here. I'm not just like uh, chicken little, like Trump, because that's what Trump is. When you think, and the other thing is that I guess the, this is the reason I have a knot in my stomach too, is that the, the chicken little nature of what's going on with, with Trump and the Republicans, how they're, they have manufactured this crisis at the border. And the other thing, before before it slips my mind that it would, uh, if you saw that speech that he gave his his Oval Office address about uh, everybody getting raped at the border we're all getting raped we're all dying of ODs we're all getting murdered by MS13 
I, what a, I, I don't even, there's no words. The, what a disgrace to quote Trump. Everything is a disgrace to him. That, that is a disgrace. What, I mean, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But the good news is, well, not even good, but uh, I don't know if you saw the ratings for Trump's speech were, were down. So there is a saturation. No, people are sick of looking at his big, fat, crisis-riddled, con-man, Putin puppet face. So they watch, and, uh, they watch the Democratic rebuttal, and I can relate. I ended up watching both, but I, I was, the, right before the speech, I was like, oh my God, I can't watch this. And I thought to myself, I'll just watch the Democratic rebuttal. So when I saw that a lot of people had done that, I was like, oh, see, I, I totally relate. Because who wants to look at that, that effing liar? So it's like, this is like, his wall is like the Trump Network vitamins pitch, no doubt. It's the same thing. He's making up this entire crisis. And then you, so, so he's saying, oh, um, now they're adopting this other angle, trying anything that sticks, throwing everything at the wall to see what happens, uh, if it sticks, how it's a humanitarian crisis that they created, a humanitarian crisis. So his, his answer, or the, it's not just him, because let's, let's never, ever allow the Republicans to detach themselves from the, from the, uh, shooting star of Trump. That's the stinking star that they have hooked their wagon to. They, uh, because eventually, you know, and I said this last week, that eventually what will happen is that you, everyone who supported Trump, all those who supported Trump will only speak of their support of him in, in shamed whispers. That day will come. But, uh, and eventually the Republican Party will detach themselves from Trump. They'll try, at least. But we cannot allow them to get away with it. What they have done to this country, what they have inflicted on this country, and Trump goes down to the border, and he's standing there with Ted Cruz, and they're all in with him. What are they, what, they're all in on it. None of them should get away scot-free. So Trump's talking about a humanitarian crisis that he created, that the Republican Party created, and his answer or the Republican answer to a humanitarian crisis is build a wall. So when you have a humanitarian crisis, you slam the door in the face of those in need. That's a real Christian of you there. I know they all love Jesus, right? They all talk about how much, who's your favorite philosopher? Well, it's Jesus. Our, that's uh, Jesus is Lord. Unbelievable. And so, and their, their response is slam the door. And then I saw again how, um, they constantly have to, they, they, they just say the same lie over and over. It's not just the big lie that they employ. It's the repetitious lie that they, they've learned from, uh, at Goebbels' knee. The over and over, just repeating and repeating this lie that it was that it was an Obama policy to separate children from their parents, and they're just enforcing the law. That is bullshit. And the Republican Party again, never. This is the other thing I always say: Republicans 
they call themselves the party of personal responsibility. Well, take responsibility for the disasters you create. They never take responsibility. Yeah, you know, they only take they only talk about their motto. They only stick to their motto when they're trying to strip people of health care or take you your pre existing condition protections away. So the uh, when it comes to taking responsibility for the disasters they create, it's always somebody else did it. They uh that that's Trump's life in a nutshell. All of his bankruptcies and his failures. It's all never his fault, right? Uh, and, the, and before <clears throat> we take a break, which is coming up, I don't know if you saw. Let me see. <laughs> this he did a commencement. Of course, it was on Staten Island. I grew up on Staten Island, so it's the only Republican borough in New York. Of course, I grew up there. But I call it the scene of the crime. It's so typical. So he gave a commencement speech. Twitler gave a commencement speech in like 2004 at at Wagner College. Of course he did. I, when I saw this clip, I was like, of course a, a college in Staten Island would invite that con man to speak. He was probably doing his TV show. I mean, that they voted for Trump. So that, I mean, this is years before he, he became, he grifted his way with the help of Putin and and the Republican gerrymandering into the presidency, into the so-called presidency. Um, where is it? So I just want to play his, I'm sure you've seen it, but in case others haven't seen it, but this is Trump, a, a segment of his commencement speech at, at Wagner College in Staten Island. I'll tell you, to me, the second most important thing after love what you do is never, ever give up. Don't give up. Don't allow it to happen. If there's a concrete wall in front of you, go through it, go over it, go around it, but get to the other side of that wall. So uh, a lot of uh, people have made note of the speech. The Daily Show dug it up and partly because they he's, he mentions a wall. Go through it, go, go around it, never give up. The, but the fact is, he he plagiarized that speech. The one of the most famous commencement speeches in history was given by Winston Churchill when he got up and said, "Never give up. Never give up. Never give up," and sat down. And that's the, of course Trump tries to. Uh, he probably doesn't know that. That it is a famous speech, and famous for its brevity, of course, and also it's how concise it is. It was, and um, so Trump gets up there, never give up, never ever give up. Because who the hell does he think he? he of course, he's a he. He has doesn't have an original idea in his head. Being a con man is like being a prostitute. It's one of the oldest professions. You don't have to be clever to be a con man. You just have to have no morals. You just have to have no scruples. You have to be able to say anything to separate dupes from their money. You have to you have to have no no uh morality. And that's him. That's Trump. He's not smart. 
He's not clever. He doesn't have anything to offer. He just is willing to do anything. He He's willing to say anything. He's willing to cross any line. He's willing to degrade anybody but himself. He's willing to throw anybody under the bus, um, steal from anyone. There's no boundaries there, just like his entire family. They have no morals. They have no morality. They, the, the Trump family, they're, they're, we know this. We've discussed this millions of, a lot of times, not million, I don't know, millions, but, uh, how the, the, the Trump fortune, quote unquote, which isn't that extensive as fortunes go, but it's fraud. That is who, that's how they made their money by inflating invoices, by figuring out ways to attack vulnerable people that happen to unfortunately live in their in a trump property they would inf they would sick lawyers on people that and that's kushner does that too that it's a family business they're fraudsters they hate uh um people they don't they don't have any morals they don't care well they hate poor people that's what it is they they are the ultimate kiss up kick down sycophants to power and so I mean, anybody can make a lot of money if you have no no morals, right? I mean, you just you're just a liar. You sell fake vitamins to people. You sell shitty products. You you grift. You you fly around the world helping other people uh, implement their scams. That's what Trump's done his life. So, um, you know. That's he. This is what we have to not only overcome, but never forget. Uh, forget never give up. Yeah, of course, never give up. Uh, but never forget who gave us this monster, who inflicted this this chaos. This, um, I mean, it's the entire world. Our friends. It's like when it, you know. If you're, if you have a friend that is going off the rails, what do you do, right? Uh, our, there's no intervention here. They can't help us, but our, um, our adversaries, um, are, are giddy. They're, they're joyful. And Russian state media, in fact, is they are giddily celebrating. Um, in fact, well, another thing actually I came across on, on Twitter was that Russian state media looks uh, pretty much exactly like Fox News. They are running the same stories with the same video clips of uh, migrants running over the wall. They try, they're, they're um, giving this impression to their viewers, both in Russia and the Fox News victims, that there's that there is a crisis at the border, and the only crisis is that we have a con man in the White House who is dragging us through his manias and destroying this country for the for his 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 master in uh, in an authoritarian country, Putin. I mean, this is what's happening. So. Um, all right, I'm looking at the time here, and I'm going, rather than go into anything else at this moment, let me just look here, uh, I'll, I'll probably just take a break, 
my name is Tara Devlin. For you guys who are new to the show or new new to Earth, <laughs> and we meet here every Saturday evening from six to eight p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. Do me a favor, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, all those places. Give the show a review on iTunes. Buy some merch in the store. We have a merchandising store. Um, and, you know, help us help us grow. Become a patron. It will help. Eventually, I would like to do the show, uh, do a daily show. Maybe we'll get a studio one day. Who knows? Maybe we'll be somebody. So, all right, guys, so <clears throat> I'm going to play the break. It's going to be eight minutes. It's actually an older um, Green News report because I'm having problems with my machine. I wasn't able to create a new one, whatever, not that it matters. They're all good, uh, and they're all relevant. So I'm going to be back. Oh, look, Francis. I can see him in the back. See him on the floor. <laughs> that's our mascot francis jr jr that's him if you see if you if you donate over 20 you will get one of these and there he is laying on the floor all right guys um my name is tara devlin i will see you in about eight minutes okay see you on the other side Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. Brazil has elected a new president. Election of far-right Jair Bolsonaro has grave implications for the Amazon and climate change. Plus... Big oil has raised $26 million to fight this initiative. Energy and the environment are on the November 6th ballot with landmark propositions in several states. All of those landmarks and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Who cares about global warming? Wake me up when it's America warming. America's warming, Mr. President. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, remember when this time of year on the Green News Report we would do uh, green tips for Halloween? <laughs> yes, the good old days. Those were the days, weren't they? What do you have for us today? Well, first up, in Brazil, environmental groups, human rights groups, and civil justice organizations are sounding the alarm over the election of extreme right-wing politician Jair Bolsonaro to the Brazilian presidency on Sunday. As well they should. Bolsonaro promised to enact sweeping changes to the country's political, economic, social and environmental order, and his rule has drastic implications for the Amazon rainforest and its indigenous communities. He has suggested he would privatize and industrialize the rainforest mm. to open it up to international agriculture, mining, and logging industries. Accelerating the destruction of the Amazon will have profound impacts on the fight to curb global warming. Bolsonaro has also suggested that, like President Trump, he intends to pull Brazil out of the United Nations Paris climate agreement. Oh, great. Donald Trump finally found a friend, a far-right new leader of the largest country in the southern hemisphere. Here in the U.S., the environment is on the November
November 6th ballot with numerous statewide initiatives. In Alaska, ballot measure one seeks to protect the state's revered wild salmon fisheries, the most prolific in the world, from the powerful oil and mining industries. In Colorado, residents frustrated with current state law allowing fracking near homes hope to pass Proposition 112, which would require oil and gas drilling and its accompanying noise and air pollution to be at least 2,500 feet from homes and schools and hospitals. But Big Oil has pumped millions of dollars into the state to defeat the proposition, claiming that it will put too much of the state off limits to drilling. There is no way that the people, and a lot of times it's citizen initiatives on the ballot here, that those people can possibly go up against Big Oil when, you know, ExxonMobil makes $1 million every two minutes. In Florida, offshore drilling is on the ballot. It's already banned in state waters and is wildly unpopular because it threatens Florida's prized beaches that support its billion-dollar tourism industry. After Republicans in the Florida State House voted to overturn the ban several years ago, opponents said they realized Amendment 9 is necessary to enshrine the ban in the state's constitution to make it harder for Republicans to reverse it. Good. We'll see if it passes. You have to get something like 60% in Florida for a constitutional amendment. In Nevada. Both sides of the argument agree renewables need to exist in Nevada, but they disagree on the pace and extent of our future renewable energy portfolio. Question six would double the state's minimum requirement for electric utilities to get their energy from renewable sources. The new renewable portfolio standard would require utilities to generate 50% of their electricity from renewables like solar by 2030. Nice. In California, Proposition 6 is backed by Republican lawmakers who hope to repeal a 2017 increase to the state's gasoline tax, which has generated billions of dollars in revenue to pay for much-needed infrastructure, bridge, and road repairs. Opponents charge that the initiative is really only intended to goose turnout among Republican voters. So they want to do away with this gas tax to fix roads and bridges because, you know, roads and bridges will fix themselves. Finally, voters in Washington state will get a chance to implement the nation's first statewide carbon tax on the biggest polluters. The costs will likely be passed down to consumers, but as Vox.com energy writer David Roberts explained on a recent broadcast, Initiative 1631 has a plan to shelter low-income electricity ratepayers. Remember, they're investing all the revenue in cleaning the state up, and 30% of all that investment has to be targeted at vulnerable and low-income communities. So it's entirely possible to construct a carbon tax that doesn't hurt low-income and middle-income people. It's entirely possible. Not only doesn't hurt low- and middle-income people, it helps them and helps everyone at the same time, everyone, I guess, except for the oil and gas companies. Yeah, the oil industry so far has poured more than $26 million into defeating this carbon tax proposal. For now, it's free to pollute, and the fossil fuel industry wants to keep it that way. Of course they do. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Don't forget to vote. This has been your Green News Report. Let's work together. Come on, come on, let's work together. Please help progressive voices support the Green News Report by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On 
this day in labor history, the year was 1979. That was the day workers at International Harvester went out on strike. At the time, it was the UAW's longest strike. 35,000 UAW members at 21 plants in eight states downed their tools. For 172 days, Harvester workers walked the picket lines over seniority rights and forced overtime. They had long resisted mandatory overtime rules. Workers at Harvester were the only UAW members anywhere who still enjoyed the eight-hour day, five-day work week. They had no intention of giving that up, especially in the industrial downturn of the period that threw over 100,000 auto workers out of their jobs. Harvester argued the company had lost $1.3 billion in recent years because of work rules. The company hoped to force a concessionary contract. But six weeks into the strike, the company announced a 98% increase in profits for the year. Three months into the strike, Harvester hinted it would drop its demand for forced overtime in exchange for part-time hires that would be non-union. The company also hoped to do away with seniority rights in job bidding. Despite injunctions that limited picket lines, strikers were able to minimize scabbing and shipments in and out of many plants. At a plant just outside Chicago, striking Local 6 members marched outside company offices with a burning effigy of hated Harvester president Archie McCardle chanting no forced overtime. Victory finally came in April. Harvester workers stood tough for months against company attacks in a period of massive plant and mill closures across the country. They secured seniority rights in job bidding and beat back attacks against mandatory overtime. As for McCardle, brought in to slash and burn the union workforce, he was fired. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, okay, that was an old Green News report, but I thought old would be new, you know? That it would be less repetitious, in a way. Anyway, all right, whatever. Relax. So, okay, my name is Tara Devil, and we meet here every Saturday evening. I said this already from 6 to 8, just in case. you got to keep repeating things. That's how it goes. You never know if somebody's coming in right now and they don't know. So, um, do us a favor. Donate to RDT Daily. Become a patron. That would be great. Buy some merch. Um, there's also a new social media platform called um, Mike, uh, MicroBinge. Yeah, I'm sorry. An idiot. Yes, microbinge.com. And it's like, it's an alternative to Facebook. This is, I'm not getting paid for this plug. I'm just letting you know. This is something that I know the people that are making this. And I know that everybody's sick of Facebook selling data and infiltrating our elections and helping authoritarian dictators uh, turn Americans into assholes. So, this micro binge is it's it's really the facebook platform but they don't sell your data so there it's it is new and and you can you join for free and then you invite your friends so you can share your pictures and oh, and events and all the same things that you do on facebook and in the right now i think 
that everybody that you invite, if you invite somebody and they join, you get a dollar. So it's a way of building and sustaining the platform because they don't want to fall into that model of having to sell sell your crap to nefarious actors. So anyway, check it out. That's it. Um, let's talk about, well, we, there's so many things. What, what do you talk about when everything is collapsing? What, uh, there is fatigue going on as we all feel it. I know. Um, don't get, don't get, I mean, I'm saying this for me too. I was going to say, don't get despondent. I, I get to the point, even though I'm like, yeah, democracy is dying. It, it is. This is happening. We are, um, under attack, but it's not, it's not, I was going to say it's not from the outside. Yes, it is partially, but they're, they're helping, they're being helped by, by, uh, people who are in the halls of power. This is really happening that you, we have a, a traitor in the white house, not just somebody who wants to funnel more money to the top. And that's, that's that's on the table too. That's what's happening too. This guy is not working for the U.S. of A. He's working for the unholy dollar. That's what it is. They don't see. That's the whole bottom line. Republicans don't don't give a shit. They are they're always talking about borders and border security. They don't care. They're the ones who want open borders. They're not. That's why I. The other thing I say is every day is opposite opposite day in the Republican bizarro world. It's really true because they, they're talking about open borders. Democrats want open borders. That's bullshit. The only people ever talking about open borders are Republicans, but um, that's because they want their idiots to believe that Democrats want open borders. But the fact is, it's really Republicans that are all for open borders. They don't want a border because if you have borders in the United States, it's, then you can control the price of labor. And, and you have what they see their remedy, the Republican remedy for, um, let's say, uh, economic security of the American working class would be to, to make the American working class on par with the, the country's or the wage slaves in other countries. So instead of uh, tightening the uh, laws that restrict companies from allowing them to ship jobs overseas or whatnot, right? They, um, they want to drag the American worker down to be sort of on par with those nations. So that no regulation, no environmental, uh, laws, no, um, labor laws, no benefits, no retirement, uh, benefits or security. That's what, that is the Republican remedy for, um, you know, for business shipping. Don't, don't why ship jobs overseas. We'll just make those low paying wage slave jobs here at home. We'll get rid of the regulation. Just dump your shit into our streams. You know, uh, who needs streams, right? We can get our water bottled, I guess, right? But um, that's 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 the Republican ide ideology right there. They, so when they're talking about uh, borders, Democrats want open borders, they're full of shit, as usual. 
Republicans, if anything, Republicans want open borders, but they, they don't care about the border. You see, they, they are, their only master is the unholy dollar and what their, their greed, they, they don't give a shit. They'd get in bed with Kim Jong-un, Putin, Pol Pot, Hitler, uh, Genghis Khan, whatever. They'll go, they would be friends or stroke the swords of any dictator if it made them richer and it gave them more power and they play the game of oh USA USA they they have their you know uh, made in china american flag lapel pins that's all part of the show it's sort of like they wear those pins like a hooker puts on high heels to attract their tricks and that's those idiots at the rally you know no one will ever love you like i will as they laugh at them see we i don't laugh at them you know it's uh with that when we in the earlier part of the show i don't you know i don't laugh at them i feel bad for them but when we were saying that that lady was like uh they need to he's not hurting the people he needs to hurt that's the difference between conservatism and and uh normal people because we're not i i, I don't want to hurt conservatives in fact it is a testament to the to progressivism in general that they even the idiots even the assholes who scream and whine and get up in their in the town hall and say uh, no obamacare tyranny that uh that the same ones who did that how many years ago are probably now whining that they're afraid their pre-existing condition protections are going to be taken away but so we're not we don't attack conservatives in fact we're the ones that uh you know i'm not like oh i i want to do this because i want to see a conservative cry that's how sick they are no in fact i don't want to i don't want them to cry i want them to have access to health care regardless of whether they have uh current employment let's say whether they th th I, I want them to be able to go to a doctor when sick uh, without having to worry about co-pays and co-insurance and deductibles and all that bullshit that only we here in the United States have to deal with. And everybody else on earth is like, what the hell is wrong with them? And especially now, what is wrong with us? What is wrong with it? Look at what's happening. This country is a disgrace. It is so embarrassing. You would never allow... I mean, I, I say, I would never allow, not you. I wouldn't allow somebody in my house and it, it, it's a shit show, right? I would, you 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 invite people, you, you keep your house nice. You wouldn't let your grandmother be sleeping uh, in squalor or whatever, invite people over. No, you inv I. it's the same thing with this country. So we, we have people coming here. Well, I mean, who the hell wants to come here? If they come here to visit, what do they see? The national parks are all a shit show. There's uh, old people unable to get medication. To they're dying because they they're splitting their their drugs in half. There's uh, now we have to worry about if we uh, you know, just eating because food is going uninspected. I mean, what do you think? This is what I, I, I never thought that when when Twitler grifted his way into the so-called presidency, I, I really, I guess it was a failure of my imagination that it would get 
this bad so quickly. I knew it was going to suck. But the other thing, we, we really have to be, um, we have to be careful too. Another thing, because I think about, I want Twitler out of there. He is a traitor. They're all traitors though. They are all traitors, all Republicans. So if Twitler gets impeached, we're going to have Pence. Pence is just as bad. Pence knew. Pence is a sycophant, a lick splittle. He is, he knows that Trump is a con man and he's out there doing his bidding. So what did, what did Pence know? I mean, of course, in my, my fantasy is that Pence, Trump, all of them, because they get impeached, they go to prison. Trump is a traitor. Let's not forget this. The more that we're we're learning, it's everything we were saying is true. He is a traitor. He colluded with foreign dictators. He's not. He's, he wasn't colluding with France to give us universal health care. He was colluding with an anti-democratic autocrat who hates this country, who hates democracy, in order to undermine democracy. Um, that is a traitor to this country. So. Let me see. So Pence, uh, when they met with the Democrats recently to have this sham meeting to so-called, oh, to supposedly open the government, and because Trump doesn't give a shit, he doesn't care if your baby doesn't get formula, if you don't have your medicine, if you don't have your paycheck, he doesn't care. You are expendable. What what kind of a country holds its citizens hostage? his own citizen. I mean, we, but this is what's happening all the time. These are the same sociopaths that applaud and cheer when they pass a bill to kick millions of people off of healthcare. I don't, I never get that. I can never understand that. And then, and that's why, uh, why anybody would vote for a party that literally throws a party when they kick millions of people off healthcare. And then you get millions of assholes voting for them. The same ones who are losing their health care. What? So you get, uh, so Pence comes out, so they went to this meeting or whatever, and the Pence, uh, of course, you know that the Democrats were correct. They correctly assessed and, and said what went on in the meeting that Trump went in and said, can I have my wall? And Nancy Pelosi said, no, we're not paying for your wall. We don't have money for what? For for uh, pick a pick an offense, right? We don't have money for universal health care, but we got money for his effing bullshit boondoggle to appease Ann Coulter. No way. So no, there uh, uh, we don't um, have money for normal things, a normal functioning government, but we got money for your stinking racist, race baiting asshole wall. So Trump, uh, so the Democrats, you know, uh, Trump slammed the table, stormed out. Bye-bye. He said, I said, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, that's what, he's a baby. He said, bye, look at, he went bye-bye. He made a poo-poo. He did a boom-boom. That's what Trump is. Look at me. I did boom-booms. I could do a big boom-boom. I could do a poo-poo. I say, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right. I mean, will somebody, somebody please. Uh, that, and so then Pence comes out and says, 
uh, oh no, his version of events is Trump passed out candy. Hold on. Can you talk a little bit about, can you just categorize what the president did in the meeting? And also, are we any closer than you think to having a national emergency declared if the meetings are going like this and they're so contentious? Well, the president walked into the room and passed out candy. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> he passed out Well, that's his deal-making. You see, art of the deal. I'll take a Skittles. I'll take an M&M. Oh, well, you want, you want $5 billion? Oh, you, Donald, you, you, you did it again. You master you. I mean, what? If this is, how long are we going to put up with this freaking charade? I mean, how long? I don't know. Um, it's a, it's, it's unbelievable what is happening. I mean, I guess you could say we live in interesting times. It's not, it's not boring, but it is, it's, it's PTSD. I, I mean, I know that this is what I was thinking to myself earlier that when this is over, how we, how are we ever going to recover from the stress? That's what PTSD is. So you go, you, when human beings are in stressful conditions and that stress doesn't dissipate in normal everyday life. So how will we ever get back to normal? I mean, I really do feel like I'm suffering from PTSD from this administration, from the Republican party. How could you not suffer from PTSD from the Republican party? They don't, uh, the millions of Americans suffer from it right now. You don't know who's going to be targeted. Uh, others don't know if they're going to have a job, if they're going to be used as a hostage. They don't know from one month to the next if, they can, if they're going to have health insurance, if they're not going to have it. Uh, you don't know uh, if, you can ha if, you have, if you can have unemployment, if you're going to uh, drink some water and it's going to be inspected, or, or, what's gonna or if a Saudi prince is going to lure you into an embassy and dismember you alive, and Trump is going to say, oh, well... He gives us a lot of money. This is where we are. What happened to this country? Well, what happened is Republicans got power. They grifted and tricked and rigged their way into a lot of power. And they need to be stopped. They need to be put into a permanent minority and they, and that's it. That is the remedy. And on top of getting money out of politics, we need to get money out of politics. And the Republican Party has to be relegated to the dung heap of history with, with the rest of the fascists, where they eventually wind up. Look at who they are. Where, know them by their fruits. Judge them by their own so-called spiritual uh, leanings, right? Know them by their fruits. Know them by the company they keep. Who are, who are, who is their friends? Who are they hanging out with? Who are they palling around with? As uh, Sarah Palin would say, are they uh, uh, appealing to the worst aspects in the, in the human heart or are they bringing out the best in people? Are they lying? Or do they, are they covering up for a liar? This is completely unacceptable. Uh, and they down to their to the very 
core of the Republican Party. And even down to now Pence, um, one of the things that he does that annoys the F out of they all do it, all of them, most of them do it, 99% of them, where they call the Democratic Party the Democrat Party. That So he, Pence does that. They do it on Fox News, especially all the time, the Democrat Party. It's their little jab. Because they were told by one, you know, one of their, uh, I think it was, was it Frank Luntz? I don't know. It's one of them. One of their branders, uh, you know, it's a Democrat party because it emphasizes the rat. And it's, it's the way, because they're 12 years old. No offense to 12 year old. They had, they're the emotional health of a, of a 12 year old. So, I mean, really no offense to 12 year olds because 12 year olds, become 13 year olds, hopefully, right? They get older, they get mature. They look back and they go, wow, I was a real dick when I was 12. Not everybody, not, you know, uh, we all have our ups and downs. I was, I had a lot of growing up to do. They don't, they don't shape their political ideology on the emotional health of a 12 year old, like the Republican party. They don't run the, their uh, agenda like a like they're they're a schoolyard bully the democrat party if that's what you got to do to to pass your agenda then you better look at your agenda then then you better look at the the people and if you're a person um voting for these assholes you better look in the mirror god for god's sakes and and really when you look in the mirror just slap yourself across the face because you, you look like an asshole, frankly. You look like an idiot. When you're standing there without your job and your filthy park and your uninspected water about to drink, you look like an idiot. The fact is, though, you're taking us all with you. That's the problem. If only you felt the sting of the lash of your policies. Unfortunately, you got to drag decent, normal, patriotic, normal Americans with you. That's the problem. So um, I don't care uh, whether you want to drink my tears or not, but go for it, Sparky. I'll be out here with the rest of the normal Americans fighting and resisting for, in the, for the sake of the United States of America. And even you, you stupid moron, will benefit from the from the, our fight as you always have as as conservatives have always benefited from the, the 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 hard work of liberals who've brought civilization to this goddamn country we created this country we created it while you were pining to be trickled upon by the king we created we had this crazy idea that people well at the time men right that could be could rule themselves not uh and, and didn't need a, a a lord or a a king or an aristocracy so but you know we created this country and we will save it again we will um the the only problem is what how much damage is going to be done we we have a lot of cleaning up to do we really do. So um, that's why what I always I always get on the case of the Jill Steiners and whatnot. Like because it's sort of like when you're in a hole, stop digging. 
Yeah, the system's corrupt. Yeah, money and politics. Yeah, the Democratic Party, uh, they they sold out. They sold out the New Deal. They, uh, but where you, what are you gonna do? We, I feel that the, the best way to fix this thing is to get into the Democratic Party as a true progressive, as a true normal person, as a liberal, and um, take it over. Take it, and it's working. That's what's working. But in the meantime, you know, you don't um, keep digging a hole, but by, by voting against some, you know, throwing your vote away, but whatever, that's all, that's yesterday's argument, I suppose, because really, it's too late now, and, but I get mad every time I see something, like, what's going on now, all these people, they wouldn't be out of work right now, we wouldn't be discussing this, if we had a normal, if we had a Hillary Clinton, a President Hillary Clinton, as much as I wanted Bernie and wanted uh, a, I would rather not be fighting these battles. I would not rather not be worried about the uh, uninspected food or the animals that are going to suffer under the Republican policies that are rolling back all farm protections for these factory farms and the and just the, like the. Um, you know, whales in the ocean now have to deal with the shit with the freaking uh, sonar blasting that the Republicans are doing and climate change. You know, the real crisis in this country, the real crises that are going on. That's the other thing that we that's happening. So we have this chicken little running around saying uh, that the the that we're gonna get raped at the border. Everybody's getting raped at the border. They're such liars. Four thousand terrorists coming in. They're so full of shit. Could you imagine if 4,000 terrorists were really coming in? It's, it's ridiculous. They're not. Um, but they conflate these numbers. They lie. That's how, that's how much they hate this country because they know that there are some um, weak-minded individuals or, or maybe not normal Fox News victims that are sitting around. They're scared now. They think 4,000 terrorists are running. They don't, first of all, they're not coming to you. They're not coming to Kansas, all right? The terrorists don't give a shit. They're not going to blow anything up in Kansas because nobody would know the damn difference, right? So they'll come to New York, where I live, or where or normal people in a diverse, they live in a diverse uh, democratic state, which I always find ironic because you have these um, right-wingers that live in these bumfuck states that are so afraid of terrorists Meanwhile, they're not coming to your state. They're not coming to Wyoming. They're coming to New York, a, a blue state, and, and who we lost people here. I saw the towers fall with my own eyes, and we don't live in fear here. We still get on the train. We still live in a diverse, and in fact, Queens, New York, where I reside, is the most culturally diverse neighborhood in the entire, or borough in the country. So we can live amongst dif difference and diversity. In fact, it's not, it's not a hindrance. It makes life worth living. It's the, all the colors of the rainbow. You get to experience different things. I think that's exciting. What, how boring it is to be a Republican, to look around and want everything to be your, you, yourself, white, boring. Ugh. So what was I saying? Anyway, I was trying to go somewhere, but I forgot.
the I mean it just never stops the because what are you gonna say really what do you say Republicans they're that they cannot get away we cannot allow them to to get away with um, you know what they've done that we have to take this crisis that they have created they created this crisis but use it as an opportunity to fix what's really broken and what's broken is money and politics and the democracy is broken but th- thankfully the the it's sort of like i guess if you have a near death experience and you 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 turn your life around maybe some some people do right when you get you're like, wow, I almost died. Now I really appreciate my life. I'm going to eat right, exercise. I'm going to really take care of myself and make sure that I have, have uh, this never happens again. And maybe that's what we can do with this, with this opportunity, this crisis that they've created. But in the meantime, yeah, a lot of people are going to get hurt. A lot of people. And I know that that woman was probably very shocked that she was one of the people getting hurt when she thought it should have been other people. She voted for the hurt of others. I mean, how sick. And I'd love to be a fly on the wall with this lady. I'm sure she loves Jesus. I'm sure she's all about, you know, her Christian faith. You know it. And to say something like that with with without a hint of irony or self-awareness right like to be he's not hurting the people he needs to be hurting what lady that's sad and very sick so um what thinking speaking of sad and sick there's another thing i just wanted to talk about uh, i'm running out of time but the uh jerry Falwell, which i love um, we can, we can set our clocks again, of course. There's always, you know, uh, um, how, uh, I mean, what am I trying to say? I'm stumbling over my words here. Um, set our clocks to another Republican, anti-gay, uh, hypocrite caught in the act of being himself, right? Uh, so this is a, but this is bizarre. Um, it's. Jerry Falwell Jr., who is a, who's a disgusting human being on top of being a, uh, just a Republican. I mean, that's one way. How come it's sort of like all Republicans may not be disgusting, but you, wait, how do you say this? All Republicans may not be disgusting people, but all disgusting people are Republicans. You know that for a fact. So Jerry Falwell uh, Jr., I mean, really, one was wasn't enough. We had to have a freaking junior, um, who is gross. Who's a gross human being? I don't know what's what's. Of course, he he's probably when we read the pool boy, um, article, you can we we can play armchair Freud. He hates himself, and a lot of Republicans are like that. It's very sad. We we have this limit limited time on the planet. And a lot of these right wingers, they they just hate themselves so much because they they lack the courage to live an authentic life. In order to be yourself, to be in a, a a a human being, a gay person, let's say, in this homophobic society, 
you have to have courage to come out and just live your life and live an authentic life. Republicans, they lack courage. They're very fear-based and because of their, um, because they're wedded to hierarchy, they, they feel, they find safety in hierarchy and they're not individuals. So they, I know how they talk about rugged individual, blah, blah, blah. Just try being a rugged individual in the Republican party, then they'll kick your ass out. So, but so the, that's why you will find a lot of anti-gay closet cases in the Republican party. So, you know, you could set your clock to these homophobes who, who rail against being gay. They hate themselves, right? They lack the courage. It's like Mike Pence. I mean, I don't know for a fact, but if all gays turned purple for a second, you know that Mike, P Mike Pence would be looking like a Teletubby. I mean, that's just my opinion, but y y I get a, uh, I get a little gaydar of him obviously. I mean, when you call your wife mother, I mean, come on, please. And they, so anyway, there's a lot of Republicans you'll see, they, they, uh, because they, they, I don't know what it is. It's just really sad, really, when you think about it, because you, you only have a certain amount of time on this planet and you're, you gotta pretend to not be gay? Well, I, I, I understand for years, I mean, I'm gay, so I can talk about it. I, I know from experience, I, it's hard coming out of the closet. I, when I was in college and high school or whatever, when I was in high school, especially because I, when I was younger, there were no gay straight alliances or, so I, I understand the, um, you know, how hard it is, the reluctance and I personally, I didn't want to be gay. I didn't want to be, it was like another thing I had to deal with. I felt, uh, I've tried, I really did. I tried to be straight and I, um, you know, I didn't succeed, but I also, I remember I tried to be bisexual. So I thought, well, I'll just be half gay and maybe then I could be acceptable. But I tried, I actually even wrote a, I wrote a book. I read a book. <laughs> on bisexuality. I was trying to be bisexual, you know, because I thought at least I could be somewhat accepted, but I, so I understand what it's, and that's why the, um, there's high suicide rates in, um, being in gay teens, uh, because of this world, the, it, the, because of people like Jerry Falwell Jr., because of the Republican party, the, a party that where you had a president, I remember during George George W. Bush, who got out in the Rose Garden and and, and made a big announcement how they they the Republicans were going to pursue a constitutional amendment solidifying marriage being a contract between a man and a woman. That there you go, your freedom loving Republicans who really are like the PP police. They want to make sure that, you know, the, you have the freedom, right? They love freedom, but you got to have the appropriate combination of genitals or of peepees for them to, to, to make a legal marriage contract. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me, but to them, that's freedom. And so, but that's why the suicide rates are so high. And that's why you get these closet cases who, um, 
you know, they don't, they don't have the courage. They don't want to come out and be like, Hey, you're, you, that's fucked up. Right. I mean, part of my French, but that's, uh, that is inhumane. That's ridiculous. Why would you make, uh, a, a law uh, that's a, a targeting a group of people, solidifying, um, taking away rights from, from people anyway, but why would you, why, why would you have a con man as a president? I mean, uh, why? But anyway, so, but Jerry Falwell is a disgusting human being, uh, not just, not just because he's a closet case, which I feel sorry for him, but also because he's sick, like Republicans in a, in the way that he, 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 he rides Jesus. Uh, he wears Jesus like a hooker wears high heels, just like, uh, and, uh, he, um, you know, just to separate dupes from their money, separate the tricks from the money and but he's, he doesn't know anything, uh, as far as Jesus's teachings, he actually said that this is really disgusting. He said, it, it's such a distortion of the teachings of Jesus to say that what he taught us to do personally, to love our neighbors as ourselves, help the poor can somehow be impugned on a nation. He said it was a distortion that the United States should be loving and forgiving because Jesus uh, taught love and forgiveness. In the heavenly kingdom, the responsibility is to treat others as you would like to be treated, Falwell said. In the earthly kingdom, the responsibility is to choose leaders who will do what's best for the country. Think about it. Why have Americans, uh, why have Americans been able to do more to help people in need around the world than any other country in history? And I'd have to check that. I'm not sure, but it's because of free enterprise, freedom, ingenuity, entrepreneurism, and wealth. A poor person never gave anyone a job. A poor person never gave anyone charity, not of any real volume. It's just common sense to me. I mean, that is what a disgusting pig that Falwell is. And I, and I hesitate to use that because I like pigs. And I've said this before, every time I, I have to find a different word because pigs are charming and intelligent and they have actually done more for the, for the human race, for the human species than, uh, than, uh, than Jerry Falwell, any Republican could ever hope to accomplish in a million lifetimes. But the, so, um, the fact is a poor person never gave anyone a job. That is bullshit because the, if you, that's, um, truck, it's the trickle down ideology. The, if you're not, if you don't have a solid base of, of, of even poor people, you see, when you give a poor person, let's say, uh, food stamps or welfare or, uh, whatever they, spend that in the economy and it stimulates the economy. It doesn't matter how many, uh, what, how much money somebody has or whatever they're making, uh, a, uh, if a business is making widgets, if nobody's able to buy it, if there's no economy, if there's no poor or middle class, there's no people at the bottom to buy these things. It does nothing it doesn't matter how many, uh, how much they have, nobody's gonna, nothing's gonna move. You know what I'm trying to say? So they, they have a, 
ass backwards way of thinking and and but that's you know of course this is what they they're they're inflicting on their on the morons who follow them they are telling them basically stay in your place uh the that it's the it's the rich are god's chosen creatures and um you know and if god loves you you'll be rich too just uh and it's this kick up this kiss up kick down mentality that is infesting the republican party as they proclaim and pretend to love not only this country then then they they pretend to love their their jesus their their bastardization of this this socialist uh hippie that wandered the middle east giving out free health care so but anyway as far as jerry Falwell, that's what that's just a little glimpse into what a disgusting freak he is but it's he also has a pool boy on the side so uh it says jerry falwell this is from lgbtnation.com jerry falwell jr and his wife met a young pool boy on vacation then they started quote helping him all right a lawsuit has revealed and startle a startling relationship between religious right leader jerry falwell jr his wife and an attractive young pool boy they met on vacation. Now, what do you think is going on there? I mean, it's, these people are freaks, right? That's, the, and I don't, I'm not saying they're freaks because they're, they want to bring a pool boy, let's say, into their bed. That's fine. But they, they're, they're scolding and moralizing and they're, they're anti-gay, um, propaganda that they spread that spread so much pain and hatred and self-loathing to other people to young people that gives this impression that being gay is something to be ashamed of and then that this jerry falwell jr and his and his freakish dad that they built a career on this kind of hatred is and of course of course you would find them helping quote unquote a pool boy so the suit alleges that rebecca and jerry falwell met G uh giancarlo granda while on vacation in miami the then 21 year old granda was a pool attendant at the luxury hotel they were staying of course you know because there's big bucks in the jesus business right what why are you in a luxury hotel why are you why aren't you staying at the hotel six or the motel six and giving all your money to the poor like the fake jesus you pretend to worship instructed you right so he's at a luxury hotel but how come he even has the time to meet this pool boy you know and then this freakish right winger they're they're at a luxury hotel meeting a pool boy meanwhile you have a real Christian like Jimmy Carter, who's out there building at 90 something years old with a brain tumor, still building Habitat for Humanity, and these Republican monsters disparage and attack him. You see what I'm saying? That these are the evilest of people. <sighs> the hypocrites that the Jesus warned us about, right? And I'm not a big Jesus person, but my mother happened to be a nun. But, you know, that's incidental. And I went to Catholic school. So I know these things. I went to, you know, I did my communion. I had, I, I grew up Catholic. I'm Irish Catholic with a name like Tara Devlin. What do you think? 
So let's see. Uh, shortly after meeting, the evangelical... Oh, wait. Shortly after meeting, yes, comma, the evangelical leader indicated that he wanted to help Granda establish a new career and build a business, BuzzFeed News reported earlier this year. So they bought him... So they bought him a youth hostel. What? Multiple affidavits filed with the lawsuit, quote, real estate agents who say he was looking to purchase a business in order to provide a source of income to Giancarlo Granda. So you meet a pool boy and then you buy him a hostel? I mean, that's a big, big, it's not like, you know, you're giving him the, like, uh, I don't know, your Netflix password or something. You're, you're buying him a, a pretty uh, expensive piece of property. Like, hello? Um, why can't somebody help us like that? Damn it. The business found, uh, the business they found was a hostel. Grandel, Rebecca Falwell, and Falwell's son, Terry, formed a company together. Jerry Falwell Jr. loaned the company a down payment of, of $4.65 million as seed money. Now, you're in the Jesus business. What is a Jesus lover? Um, you see what I'm saying? Doing with $4.65 million at laying around. That's just, that's just 4.6 million of it. Where's the rest of it? I, I mean, didn't Jesus say it was harder for, or it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than the, a rich person to get into heaven? Um, didn't Jesus say, give all your possessions away to the poor and follow him? Right? I don't know. The lawsuit was followed by two men who say they, they conceived of the idea but were cut out of the business. A representative for Falwell told BuzzFeed that the pool boy was offered a share in the business because they needed a local partner. And Granda was to be the manager, but he was like in on it. He was one of the owners and whatever. Uh, okay, whatever. Michael Cohen, oh, then it goes six months after the Falwells met Granda, they flew him in a, on a private jet to Virginia to meet Donald Trump. When the president visited Liberty University, the religious school founded by Falwell's father, televangelist Jerry Falwell, and is currently run by Falwell Jr. Michael Cohen, who just pled guilty to multiple crimes, has implicated the president in campaign finance crime, was instrumental in getting Falwell to endorse Trump. The two men met multiple times during Trump's campaign. Cohen has not been implicated in any blackmail schemes involving Falwell or Granda to gain the evangelical leader's support. Anyway, the whole, the point of that is they're saying that he, uh, that they told Falwell that if he didn't endorse Trump, like, if not, uh, you know, sooner, now or sooner, that they were going to go public with his relationship with this pool boy, this weird, weird, strange, but you know, uh, using Occam's razor, you don't have to really dig too deep. How, is, how out of the realm of possibilities is it that a in-the-closet evangelical so-called leader um, has, an, has a, an affection for a pool boy? Um, 
and that doesn't sound too out of the ordinary whereas he's uh what is he saying oh i'm just helping this kid because of the goodness of his heart of all the people he has to pick this hot pool boy not any why don't you just go and help help the poor no he picked one yeah well i guess that, that's what jesus said help the poor he didn't specify how he how tan he is or looks good shirtless right so just that's just uh icing on the cake of helping the poor i guess right so all right everyone thank you for hanging out i'm just looking at the time so i don't want to start going into another thing even though there's we, i could be here all night there's never a shortage that's one thing i have to say about the show and republican dirty tricks in general there's never a shortage maybe one day i'll get up and be like what what republican dirty tricks show i talk about today what there's nothing maybe one day i don't know but not today clearly um let's do this again next week everyone in the meantime please i know i'm gonna sound now anyway i feel like i should i stopped the show too soon it's i have three minutes i shouldn't have stopped i should have just went on and kept talking about jerry falwell jr and i'm trying to think there it just never stops though right all of these right wingers these evangelicals inflicting their their manias on normal society when we we just want to live decent lives like leave us alone let us live right and there and oh you must have the appropriate combination of genitals you must uh marriages one man one woman you must uh, uh i guess it's their their um ideologies feels like the beatings will continue until morale improves right if you're all do what we say and everyone get in their place and we'll have utopia but that's just not the way it is <clears throat> that's just not the way that's not society so we're here we're not going back in the closet women are not going back in the kitchen we are um fully capable of valuing and and uh different cultures and and not being afraid of diversity and not being fearful and uh, these are what that's that's the traits required of the those who are capable of living and functioning in a free democratic society and i honestly hope that i live to see it i hope we can do it i know um the united states has surprised me before so i hope i get to see the the fruits of our labor but in the meantime we're going to keep on fighting i don't i mean we are on the right side of history we are on the right side of humanity and <clears throat> i think uh, i always say we stick together we win because we will win so um i will see you guys next week here at 6 p.m so we record every 6 p.m at the rdt daily every saturday 6 p.m at the rdt daily facebook and youtube channels please give the show a review on itunes share the show with your friends um <clears throat> become a patron buy some merch in our store what else um any anyone who donates over 20 will get a keep calm and join the resistance window cling 
uh, read RDT Daily. Join us on the Facebook page. We also have a fans page. You can come and join us there. And hit me up on Twitter and Instagram and all that. And I, I really like hearing from everyone. So thanks, guys, for hanging out every week. I am truly grateful for uh, the way the show is growing and touching people. And let's keep it up. All right, guys. Thank you. My name is Tara Devlin. We stick together. We win. I will see you next week.